This is not a military takeover. Stand by for action. Anything can happen in the next hour. It's Friday, it's 11 o'clock, and it's time for the Paranoid Squirrel Rock Show. With your host, Armitage. Yeah. 
some songs you think to yourself, well, if I never hear that again, it wouldn't be a tragedy. Not because it's bad, but because you've heard it so many times before, you know, enough to last several lifetimes, and you probably know it better, note for note, than the band that actually wrote and performed it. And that's what it was like for me with the New York Dolls and Jet Boy. I mean, come on. All of us listening right now must be well into triple figures when it comes to watching them miming away to it on the old grey whistle test. Then, when I was at the Hit Priest gigs last Friday, uh, it was played whilst TV crime were packing up and the Hit Priests were packing down. And uh, it was like hearing it for the first time. This is a bit of all right, I thought to myself, while watching other people in the middle of conversations and ordering drinks, also quietly and subtly nodding along to it. Subsequently, the band's debut album and the Personality Crisis 5 CD box set has been the background soundtrack to this week just gone. Evening all, I'm a chair talking of the week just gone, and primarily last week's show, I had to forego reporting about the recent Electric Boys gig out of the underworld. I got as far as Paul Ackler's Great Dreamers before running out of time. I think we can all agree I had to play something for Bernie Tormey. Hence, the Electric Boys getting kicked down the road until today. It's been a while since I saw the band last. 12th of November 2016 at the Roundhouse in support capacity. In the interim, the band have released the very excellent Ghost Ward Diaries, a selection of which was aired live. Sometimes, I think I've said this before, but when a band that's been around for a while plays a gig, it's the earlier classic material that the audience wants to hear. Newer stuff, not so much. Not in the case of Electric Boys. New stuff like the just about to be played Hangover in Hanover sits extremely well with the likes of All Lips and Hips and uh, Groovers Maximus. And the sound at the underworld was spot on. I'm not sure if the PA, along with the floor, has been replaced, but whatever happened, the Electric Boys tore something, somewhere, a new asshole.
Driving back from the gig, the squirrel foisted upon me the new Cats in Space CD, Day Trip to Narnia, that she picked up from their recent gig at the garage. Now, I had heard of the band and bought their original album, Too Many Gods, when it came out in 2015, but I didn't realise another, in the shape and form of Scarecrow, had come out along with a live album called Cats Alive. Blimey! What a great album Narnia is, steeped in 70s rock, with the squirrel pointing out styles and influences as and when as our journey home proceeded. With her proclaiming, when the album had finished as she was getting out of the car, it sounds like Satrick and Penguins on the Moon, but with better production. Make of that as you will. From Day Trip to Narnia, this is the story of Johnny Rocket 1, Space Overture, and the story of Johnny Rocket 2, Johnny Rocket. Enjoy.
Suffice to say, I went out and purchased Scarecrow at my earliest convenience. Well, when I say went out, I mean Amazon. Talking of streaming services, I have seen two musical bios this week. So, in a new segmentation, I give you Arms Armchair Cinematic Critique. First up is Motley Cruise the Dirt that is currently up on Netflix. On episode 674, I said that I would thoroughly enjoy it. And thoroughly enjoy it, I did. I know, friends of mine, are not going to watch it out of principle because it's Motley Crew and Vince Neil was driving the car when drunk that Razzle was killed in. I totally get that. But I view the film as a work of fiction. Actually, it was more like a spoof porn remake of either Bill and Ted or Wayne's World. The majority of the film is told as by Nicky Six and Tommy Lee in the first person, with every so often the actors looking and talking directly into the camera, saying Eric Morecambe. At one point, Vince sleeps with their ANA man's girlfriend and says that uh, he never found out. Cue Tom Zenzant turning to the camera and saying, Yes, I did, and it hurt. Co-manager Doug Thrill who the band had a falling out with, is literally faded out of the story, with either Nicky or Tommy saying, sorry dude. The guy who plays Aussie is brilliant, only due to the fact that the actor can't do a brum accent and comes off sounding Australian. There are some factual inaccuracy. The Billy Squire song that Vince sings at the backyard pool party hadn't even been written in. Razzle dies in Neil's lap. He didn't. He was thrown out of the car. John Crowbury is... Blinking, you missed him, with neither drummers Randy Castillo or Samantha Maloney mentioned at all. To be fair, their tenure was around the time The Dirt was originally published, so that might not have covered that period. The film portrays the band as fucked up, drugged up and boozed up, but it still comes across like a monkey's feature film, and we're not talking head, with me expecting a canned laughter track to accompany it. I did say that the only Motley Crue album that I own was Dr Feelgood. Well, that was still the case up until yesterday. I was offered the Dirt soundtrack, but you know, I respectfully declined. Yep, but on Wednesday, whilst I was out and about, I was listening to Michael Butler's scene-by-scene scene review of the aforementioned film on his latest rock and roll geek show. The song that he played out the show with was the title track from the band's 1997 album, Generation Swine, with Butler saying how much the band had taken on board the music of the likes of the Wild Hearts and Three Colours Red. Obviously, my ears pricked up, and yes, musically, it does sound like the Wild Hearts. Even though Nicky Six and Ginger weren't in the Brides of Destruction at the same time, I believe cross-pollination took place. <laughs> Yeah, now 
can get just like you. So now I own two Motley Crue albums. Don't judge me. The second of my film bios saw me popping up on Sunday to the Regent Street Cinema to watch David Garcia's biopic on Stiff Beta. Stiff, no compromise, no regrets. Doesn't throw any new light onto the Stiff Beta legacy. Although I did find out that Dee Dee poured bleach all over Johnny Thunder's clothes and set fire to one of his guitars with lighter fuel, hence the non-participation on the last race of the twosome. Even with no surprises, it's great for Stiff's story to be all held together in one place, with friends and former bandmates telling how it was from their point of view. Uh, notable absentees were Cheetah Chrome, Brian James and Michael Munro. I spoke to former Lords and current Sham 69 bassist Dave Tragana whilst we're queuing for the toilets, you know, as you do, uh, as I didn't stick around for the Q&A, who thought that uh, if everyone who had links with Stiff had made it into the film, it would have needed some serious editing to make it watchable, or it would become a Netflix series. Actually, the dirt should have been. Anyway, everyone was contacted, but obviously, for whatever reason, some declined. The only downside in the film for me was the uh, continued repeating scene of when Stiff was on a boat on the Seine doing the old cock tuck between the legs trick. It must have been shown at least six or seven times, which I thought was a bit unnecessary. Early pre-Dead Boys footage of Frankenstein is worth the price of admission alone. Actually, it might have been even an earlier band than that. And it was funny to hear an ex aspirated Dave Parsons telling of fielding phone calls between Stiff and Brian before Stiff nicking both Brian and Dave Tragana for the Lords spelling the end of The Wanderers. I hadn't actually played The Wanderers one and only album, Only Lovers Left, for ages, but Sunday evening, yeah, I gave it another spin. You can certainly hear why the band almost stuck with the Sham 69 moniker. On a personal level, I would have loved to have heard the dead damn Chan Ban getting a mention but you can't have it all for your consideration I'm going to play you The Lords of the New Church and Open Your Eyes from their self-titled debut album as it was the first track of theirs that I heard and actually saw the video of Video games train the kids for a while I wish you can have fashion stars Life orders done their job This is filled by the rich delight Assassination politics Violence rules within our nation's midst Well, ignorance is their power too
Radio UK, home of the best in rock. Turn it up. Really 
after the Lords and the New Church and Open Your Eyes, I played the New York junk version of Poison Heart. And if you don't know the backstory to this, you either haven't been paying attention to the last few shows, or tonight's episode of the Paranoid Square Rock Show is your first. If it is, hello! Worryingly, Motley Crue and the Lords of the New Church both took it upon themselves to inadvisably record Madonna's Like a Virgin. Brian James claimed he didn't realise it was going to be released, which I have trouble believing, and I have no idea why Motley Crue did the same thing. I've only heard the Lord's uh, version a couple of times. Horrible, and Motley's, I'm never going to. Right, on to the 20th anniversary of Psycho Punches. We are just as welcome as Holy Water in Satan's Drink that was reissued last week that has been expanded with remastered demos and re-recorded songs. The demos, uh, I think, originally appeared as part of the 333 Half As Evil Demo 98 CD that came with the 2007 reissue. Uh, I'm not sure the purpose of the re-recorded tracks, original and new, both sound as good to me. Maybe it's because JM is the only original member. From We Are Just As Welcome As Holy Water In Satan's Drink, this is Good For Nothing. week's live shenanigans comes courtesy of the hip priests london album launch gig at the lounge with tv crime in tow this is the first time that i'd seen tv crime who uh, as yet haven't an album out but have 
three singles for us to enjoy, most of which I do believe I have already aired. Their Facebook page doesn't give much away in the manner of band photos, let alone who is actually in the group. Uh, I guess TV crime let the music do the talking, and talk it did last Friday. Very loudly, non-stop power-popping their way through their 30-minute set. If I didn't already own the three singles, I would have done by the end of the evening. Their current 7-inch is called In the Gutter, and sounds like this. tell you about the hit press that I haven't already told you before not much apart from this was the first time I'd seen the band with new guitarist Gentle Ben who replaced the recently departed Silent Mike in a move not too dissimilar to Ronnie Wood taking over from Mick Taylor but you know, with less girlfriends obviously the band were here to promote the new album Stand For Nothing with a smattering of tunes from it aired live. Now, the band have four studio albums out, with untold seven inches cluttering up my house. And I know bassist Lee Love is an old man, and if Austin Rocket and Von Cruz were to put any more effort into it, they'd die from exhaustion. But I want 90 minutes of the dipshits. Seriously, all joking apart, the band easily put 150% into a gig, with Nathan in the crowd more than he is on stage, with Oz and Ben throwing more shapes than an origami convention. It's all held together by Sergeant Major Love and DP Bomber. However, when you have a stack of bona fide top rocking singles with your last two albums never too far away from the stereo, it's always going to be hard to play everything that people want to hear. When I say people, I mean me. Uh, as much as I love the set, when the band finished with Welcome to Shit Island, I really wanted it to be the midway point. I guess it's the old saying leave them begging for more and and for us Lunders that more is on the 28th of June at the Hope and Anchor Don't be 
Right, last week I mentioned the Methadone's album 21st Century Power Pop Right and Beach Slangs here I made this for you, Mixtape Volume 2. Well, I'm going to play a track from each. Up first, it's the Methadones and Goodbye to You that was originally recorded by Scandal that will swiftly be followed by Beach Slang and their cover of the adverts Bored Teenagers.
with five minutes left to go, I'm going to play you out with another cover. This is The Electric Gypsies. Until next week, take it easy. (laughs) 